Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Celtic View podcast. Obviously football now postponed for the foreseeable future, but of course Celtic fans the world over are still interested in all things Celtic and we'll try to talk you through some of those things on this podcast. In the company of myself, Paul Cuddy, editor of The View, and I'm joined by two of my Celtic View colleagues, Joe Donnelly and Tony Conley. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Now, people might be able to, to guess the, the slightly different sound quality uh, from our normal podcast. That's because we're doing it with a combination of uh, links between some of us here at Celtic Park and some of us who are now working from home. Luckily, we've got that facility where we're able to do a lot of our work from home as well. So uh, we've been able to do that. So you can bear with us uh, if, if the, the sound quality kind of uh, mixes up throughout the course of the podcast. And, and guys, the first thing I was just going to talk about, obviously, the, the current situation. I mentioned the fact that uh, domestic football is, is currently postponed. Uh, Peter Lowell, chief executive of Celtic, put out a message on the website yesterday. You know, talking most, you know, specifically about you know the fact that it's a worrying time for everyone and the first priority for the club and for everyone really is is for the safety of, of each other. And you know, it was important and, and a very good statement from from Peter yesterday, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, Paul, the safety of everyone and, and the health of of the public is priority. It's paramount importance. The manager said that in his last press conference before we broke up, um, when the league was, was postponed, that you know everybody's health and well-being is priority. There are, of course, some unresolved issues with the league. Uh, the postponement came in before the end um, of the season, of course. But yes, like Peter Lowell was saying yesterday, um, you know, health and safety and uh, the health of everybody as a collective is, is first and foremost priority. And Tony, one of the things in the statement was uh, reference to the fact that Celtic Football Club and the Celtic FC Foundation uh, very much aware of how you know this current coronavirus crisis is, is impacting the communities. And I think you know there's going to be announcements shortly on how the club and the foundation are going to be trying to put resources in place to help the most vulnerable in society. And I suppose that's ultimately that's that's the Celtic way. It's just part of our, our DNA. Yeah, that's what, that's what this club's all, all about. You know, it's the, the kind of DNA that, that stems back to how we were, were founded. So to take that sort of approach to at a time like this just really makes you proud to, to be part of the club and to be a Celtic supporter. You know, you're, you're looking out for, for other people that, that need you. And that's just one of the most amazing things about Celtic. So I was, I was really delighted to, to see that in the statement. There was a lot to touch on and you know, it's easy to, to miss out on things or maybe not think of them, but it just shows that, that Peter Lowell and the club's thoughts are with the most vulnerable and the people that need help at this time. Now, we're, we're recording this podcast on Friday the 20th of March, and I have to tell you that I was I was in Celtic Park very early this morning because, uh, as, as no doubt many people were aware and many people saw across Celtic's social media platforms this morning, at 7.45am, Celtic in conjunction with the rest of Europe, uh, we broadcast live from the stadium uh, a rendition of "You'll Never Walk Alone," which has become the kind of the anthem to, to unite Europe, uh, probably with the exception of our friends from the other side <laughs> of the city. But um, it was, you know, to stand in, in the inside the stadium bowl in an empty Celtic park at that time in the morning and, and listen as that song, which always gives you goosebumps anyway. It was played out, and I know tens of thousands of people were on various channels all over the world at that time, and it was quite an emotional moment. 
Yeah, I think um, I think given you're so used to to that song booming out, you know, have a big game, be it a, a derby or, or a European fixture, to see it in the opposite, where the stadium's absolutely empty, and of course reflecting, you know, the, the periods of self isolation that are going across all over the world at the moment. I was even getting messages from family, friends, people that aren't necessarily interested mm-hmm. in football, taking photos of, um, you know, the, the radios or whatever they were in that moment, uh, with because it was played over radio stations all over Europe, including Radio One in England uh, and all across the the stations on, on mainland Europe and yeah, people that aren't even interested in, in football necessarily getting in touch to to show the solidarity. It was really heartwarming. Yeah, I'm not going to check with you guys if you were up at that time in the morning just to, to, to listen and <laughs> sing along. Just... I'm glad I don't stay in the vicinity. I know that Ke- uh, Kevin, our multimedia um, colleague, stays right next to it. I know that he was called in to, to cover it for social, so uh, props to him. But if you're a, a neighbour who isn't necessarily interested in football at quarter to eight in the morning, I hope that you saw the, the good in the, in the message in the statement, but it could have woken a few people up. Yeah, a great, a great song, I think, that uh, I think certainly unites Europe and certainly unites Celtic and, and Liverpool in, in particular. We're going to have a, a chat uh, in the course of this podcast just about some of the things that's going to be coming up, uh, going to be coming up on the Celtic website that we, you guys have been working on. Um, but first of all, we're going to look at a couple of anniversaries, and the first one of them fell on the 19th of March uh, at Rugby Park, uh, 2016. And I'm sure a lot of people will remember this goal, how you couldn't. Tony, it was the last minute we were heading for the title, but it was a close race with Aberdeen and then Tom Rogic with a moment of mesmerising magic, as you mentioned in your story on the Celtic website. Yeah, it's typical Tom Rogic, isn't it? He only seems to score belters. You can go on YouTube and just get lost in a highlight reel of all his goals and and that one was no different. It was, it was just unreal, especially to do that at a time when the pressure was, was really on. It was a big weekend. There wasn't really much separating Celtic and Aberdeen in the title race that weekend. And it was getting nervy there. Celtic dropping very much looked as they were going to be dropping two points rather than you know looking at it as gaining a point. They really needed the win. And for, for Rodjick just to, to take the ball, come, come looking for it take the ball, uh, just one of those beautiful turns, and then he, he just rifles it from about 25, 30 yards into the, the top corner. It was, it was unbelievable. Well, we're just going to take you back right at this very moment to the 19th of March 2016, with apologies for some hysterical commentary, but in the circumstances, given the goal, I think you'll agree it was well worth it. Come on, defence, hold that heads up clear. Breaks back to Robert right hand side, need a delivery into the box. Cuisine Richards is there, tries to clear it's blocked by Hodgson, spins back to McGregor. Gives it to Rogic, tries to spin round his man, a chance on his left foot, takes a shot. It's a goal! What a goal! Celtic with three points! Incredible! Oh yes! Oh, unbelievable! It was going to take something like that Paul to win this game. Sorry about my excitement, but that was magnificent strength for Tom Rogic. Tom Rogic, the substitute, and almost into the added time, I think the fourth official may have put his board up, a left foot shot, and Jamie McDonald had no chance, and that could be goal of the season. And I suppose, Joe, Tom Rogic, you know, 
when you look at the goals he scored, there's so many momentous goals, so many great goals, and such important moments over the years when we call him the Wizard of Oz. And I, I, I'm always mesmerised with just the the way he his footwork, the way the ball sticks to his feet. It's just it is totally mesmerising. It absolutely is, and it? it's. Uh, I think in my head, just when you're talking about that anniversary, I was watching the goal back. In my head, I can compare it with the goal he scored at Ibrooks in the 3 2 game uh, to get Celtic back level. Yeah. Same kind yeah. of style of goal, you know, he takes on his left and he puts it into, into the net from, from such long range with such skill and technique as well. And of course, that goal was, was monumentous that day. Uh, Celtic went on to win 3 2 in a game that was down to 10 men and it, it really pushed Celtic towards the league that season. So in my head, I think. I've tied more importance perhaps to that goal, but I almost forget how good the one against Kilmarnock was. You know, a couple of years before, um, it's a, it's a better goal on a on a, on a more difficult surface, and he just strikes the ball so well. Um, and it really is the epitome of everything you just said and everything Tony writes about with Tom Rogic, the skill, the finesse, the technique, the way that he moves the ball so quickly, and he doesn't even need that much of a drawback to get so much power and placement to make it very difficult for the goalkeeper. As Tony says, you know, you could watch that on YouTube again and again and again and then get down a rabbit hole of all his great goals, but that one is an absolute belter. And if you go on the Celtic website, if you read Tony's story, there's a, a video clip embedded in that where you can watch that goal over and over again. Of course, later in this podcast, we're going to chat about another momentous Tom Rogic goal. I wonder if you can guess which one it is. We're going to go further back in time on 20th of March 2003. It's the anniversary of a famous Celtic victory and another incredible goal. And I can tell you exactly where I was on the 20th of March 2003. I was in the stand at Anfield behind the goal when in the 81st minute, John Hartson unleashed a power drive that ended up in the top of the net. Puts 2-0 ahead and into the semi-final of the UEFA Cup. Hartson, the one-two with Larson. John Hartson lays up the shot! John Hartson with the goal, which surely takes Celtic to the UEFA Cup semi-finals. A wonderful strike. Celtic now, surely out of sight. That's magnificent. It's the only way you can describe that. John Hartson should have had a free kick a few seconds ago. But didn't worry about that, that's great play with Larson. Only one thought in his mind here, I'm going to stick this in the back of the net. And he does that so well. Tony, I'm slightly older than you. I'm trying, uh, um, what age would you have been then when John Hartson scored that goal back in 2003? I think I was about 15, because I remember being in, in school. I'm sure I was in fifth year of school. And uh, I remember sitting in maths and then a, a couple of the boys in the class got to go out and leave because they were going down to Liverpool with uh, their dads to actually go to the game. And I just remember being immensely jealous at that point. So, yeah, I was in the middle of doing my, my school exams just during that, that whole run. Um, you know, I think a lot of people at that time who would have been my age probably had to rely on some pre- prelim results because I know a good few people were there. Uh, went to Seville uh, rather than to, to stay to do some of the exams. And of course, just you know, mentioning exams there, again, I think just 
in terms of the current situation, just our, our thoughts with, with all those uh, young people who are were due to set exams, important exams, uh, with a view to, to what they might do in the future. So we hope that things in, in the fullness of time work out for them as well. Uh, Joe, I, I, I say I remember being at Anfield that night. It, it was incredible. And actually, between the two legs of, of that Liverpool tie, I remember UEFA had put on sale after the first leg tickets for the final and a few of us in here at Celtic but we just had this feeling that we were going to get to the final so a few of us had actually bought tickets for the final so even before we'd knocked Liverpool out I, I had tickets for the UEFA Cup final and then once uh, we scored those two goals Alan Thompson of course got the, the opener just before half time with the free kick and then John Hartson's goal which has got to be up there with one of the, the best European goals we've ever scored yeah, I wish I had the foresight to do the same. I think my dad and I paid 320 quid each for our uh, Seville tickets on eBay because we waited until after. See when you say, see when you say you paid 320 pounds each, you mean your dad paid 640 quid? <laughs> yes, I, as, as you know, um, arithmetic isn't my strong point, and um, I actually incidentally missed my maths exam to go to Seville. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and, and the Bovista game was my 17th birthday uh, on the 24th of April. But yeah, wow. rewind a month. And that goal of John Hartson's, we, we talk about big, important goals and big, important games. Uh, the Seville run, I mean, we've spoken about it so many times over the years. And what's strange about it is, as we talk about how important Celtic Park is on European nights, uh, in any European run, which it absolutely is. The fans are, are, are incredible and they really spur on the team. Not that Celtic were poor in those home games, but they were just so good away from home consistently in that run. Um, which is, of course, you know, when you've got that, that strong home support, you don't really expect that as much. That game uh, down at Anfield was another one which the kind of wider media had written Celtic off as they had done in Blackburn, Stuttgart, Celtic, Vigo. Uh, and Alan Thompson, of course, comes up with the goods to, to give Celtic the edge. Of course, it was one each. Um, Emil Heskey scoring the equaliser after Henry Larson scored very early on the week before, and then John Hartson produces that. And if ever there was a goal to win a game and to win a tie, it's surely that. It's one of the best European goals that I think any of us um, have ever seen. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, just when you mentioned about the, how well we played away from home, it's, it still remains, it's one of my, it's always in the back of my head. See, the following season when we, we were minutes away from the knockout stages of the Champions League before Bobo gave away that penalty and Leon, we got knocked out. I, I think, given the way that team knew how to play, you know, knock out European football, and given the fact that Porto went on to win the Champions League that year, we would have got to the quarters and semi-finals of the Champions League that season. I have absolutely no doubt. Obviously, I can't prove it since I can't go back in time, but we knew yeah, how to knock things out. For the sake of this conversation, then absolutely. <laughs> yeah, agree. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, Neil Lennon often speaks about uh, the current side, the team that he's managing with, the, the bit between the teeth. And of course, Neil Lennon was a integral part of that Celtic side in those in those years. And yeah, they just they knew how to win. Uh, it wasn't always the, the prettiest game. My, my dad and I managed to get a, across to the new camp in the, the following season in 2004 for the nothing each game. And it was backs to the wall for a lot of that. But they knew how to to grind out results to get there. Um, and it's something which, away from home, that team in particular, of course, the game at the new Camp, it was a fantastic display from, from Davy Marshall. Um, very similar to the Fraser Foster display in the League Cup final uh, last year. But, yeah, it was a, it was a, a real team which, which knew how to, to get the job done. John Hartson, one of 29 Celtic strikers who have hit 100 goals or more 
uh, in their careers. He hit 110. Lee Griffiths recently passed him. He's now on 115. And there's a few features that are going to be coming up on the Celtic website over the next few weeks. And, and one of them is going to look at the top 21 goal scorers. That leads us up to Lee Griffiths, who currently stands at number 21. So we're just going to reprofile every day, starting from Monday, starting with the legend that is Jimmy McGrory, and just telling you a wee bit about their, their appearances, their goals, and just a, a potted summary of their goal scoring. And Tony, I, I know whenever you know you, you spoke to, to Lee Griffiths quite a wee bit in recent times, and the, the current Celtic view it's out. We spoke to him last week just after his hat-trick. He's very much aware, as a lot of strikers are, John Hartson was the same, of how many goals are scored and where they stand, particularly when they get over that 100, in terms of the overall history of the club, which you know is a real motivation for them. I think so, yeah. They're, they're just such competitive beasts, footballers, but especially strikers, and they're all really aware of, of their stats and, and where they stand. And I think they use that as just added motivation just to, to push themselves on. So, yeah, Lee, Lee's no different in that regard. He's intensely competitive. And I think as well, just where he is now, he's, he's in a really good place. He's really happy. He's, he's finding form and he's he's feeling optimistic that, you know, when football returns, there's no doubt he's going to continue to build on that incredible record as well. And you can tell how proud he is as well when he he sees his name alongside these other these other Celtic greats. He's, he's a very humble guy, and you know to be up alongside such amazing company, you can see how much that means to him. And it doesn't make him rest in his laurels by any means. It just seems to get more and more out of him. It just pushes him to to want to keep going because he knows if he if he continues to work the way that he has been, he's got a good number of years to keep climbing up those those rankings of the goals in the club's history. Yeah, he's not resting on his laurels or looking to his laurels. And he's only three goals away from uh, surpassing Bobby Collins and, and getting into the, the top 20. So that's a, a series that's going to be coming up starting from Monday. We're also going to be putting out a, a three o'clock quiz, a three o'clock kickoff every day uh, just to test your Celtic and your football knowledge. We'll have nine questions in a row for you to... Uh, answer and uh, you can test everybody else and, and see what their respective knowledge is like. Another thing we're going to be starting is that uh, between the three of us and also Joe Sullivan, who's one of our Celtic View colleagues, we've decided to pick a topic every week and we're going to make a case for our particular favourite. So, for example, on Monday we're starting with our favourite domestic goal. So between Monday to Thursday, the four of us will choose our own goal, make a case for it. Uh, we're going to be asking people on the Celtic View Twitter feed for your choice, you'll also be able to hear us uh, as if you can't get enough of us on this podcast. And Joe, over the, the, the next few weeks, we've got various subjects. As I say, we start with the favourite domestic goal, favourite derby win, a player who each of us respectively wish we'd seen play top European night at Paradise. And although, obviously, there's a wee bit of ask people on the Thursday on the Twitter feed to vote for their favourite out of the four. But it's really to get people involved because everybody, you know, we mentioned earlier on you know, about how many goals Celtic have scored. Everybody's got their own favourite. It may not be the best goal to look at, but it might be the, the most important for sentimental reasons. Yeah, uh, we talk about if you know the history and that's exactly it. If you've got a goal which means something to you, maybe the first goal that you watched as a Celtic fan, maybe... It was the first live game that you went to. Maybe it was a specific point in your life that you really enjoyed, or it is just a massive goal at a massive time in Celtic's history. Then, um, yeah, everybody's different. As you say, we're going to be arguing the case for our favourites. I'm going to be right every single week, naturally. 
And when we put it to the, the Celtic View <laughs> Twitter, um, not only, as you say, can they vote for their favourite goal of the four that we've chosen or whichever topic we do each week, um, we're going to include... Uh, our Twitter followers' thoughts on the Friday, uh, yeah. because there are four reporters here uh, at the Celtic View, and of course five days midweek, so the fifth is, is over to uh, the fans, and they can share their own favourites as well. Okay, we'll look forward to that. I have to, to have to say, I think I'm going to win next week, but we'll, we shall wait and see the, <laughs> the, for the verdict of the public. Another thing that we're going to be doing. You might have seen it before on the website. It's a thing called the story of where we just the guys just take a specific moment in, in recent Celtic history and go back over it and use some of the quotes from the players. So, for example, we're going to be getting over the, the the story of the Bruni, how that came about. Uh, Anton Edwards, you know, clinching the treble, treble. Mikel Lustig and, and his police, police hat celebration. Callum McGregor's favourite European goal. I mentioned earlier on about Tom Rogic and, and his wonderful goals. Uh, one of the, the, the stories of it we're going to do is the, Tom Rogic's 2017 Invincibles goal. And I, I, again, Tony, when I was mentioning some of the subjects that we're maybe going to be debating ourselves, Hamden highlights and that, that goal, that moment to, to clinch the Invincible treble. You know, anybody who saw that live or on Celtic TV around the world, that will live for the, with them forever because it was just it was such an iconic moment in Celtic history. It, it was, yeah. I think it's it was the stuff of legends as, as soon as it went in and it's just the the myth of it, the legend of it, it's just it's grown since then. It, it was it was unreal. It was it's fairy tale stuff and it just it just speaks to Tom Rogic and who he is, just the way that he just collected the ball and just looks so cool and, and graceful as he done it. And then you see the passion on his face. He's, he's holding his shirt and running towards the, the fans. Just everything about it. You, it's the kind of thing that you would make up in your head in your back garden as you're a wee boy playing football. You know, those sort of dramatic last-minute winners at Hamden to, to win the Scottish Cup but he, he's gone and done it and he's given every Celtic fan the world over just uh, this incredible memory that will never ever fade in their minds Joe I think Tony's actually what he's trying to say is that even as an adult he was trying to recreate that goal in his back garden yeah we have a rolled up <laughs> pair of socks I don't do that for a minute still working on it it's not quite there I think one of one of the, the most interesting things about writing these little uh, features, the story of things, we've been digging into the, the Celtic View archive as well. So not only are we giving our opinion, which I'm sure will resonate or completely jar with, with people that are reading them, um, depending on their take on certain things, we're also hearing from the players at the time. So whilst it's great to be speaking to the players just now, um, as we will be doing it over the course as well, it, it's great to hear their thoughts in that moment. And yeah. it was myself that wrote the Tom Rogic one and one of the the most interesting things, I think, again, like like we all were at the game, Tom Rogic says he wasn't quite sure, um, I'm paraphrasing, but he wasn't quite sure exactly how much time was left in the game. Of course, he scores the goal in the 92nd minute and everybody in the fans is near enough pulled out all their hair if they've got any left and chewed all their nails because it's just so fraught at that point. So it's starting to open up at a time when extra time was looming, penalties perhaps after that, you know, at the National Stadium and that win, of course, capped off the invincible season that the treble was good enough but to have gone that full domestic campaign without losing a game is remarkable but the fact that he in that moment wasn't even sure I'm sure he knew the game was ending but he wasn't sure how long was left I find that remarkable yeah, it's incredible an incredible moment and you'll be able to read about that in the coming days and weeks and Tony I know you're working on a piece that we're going to put out on Sunday uh, for the latest of the Celtic birthday boys it's Christopher Julian who will turn 27 on Sunday and he's really 
taken to life at Celtic. He's scored some vital goals, and you can tell that he's, uh, you know, he's, he's loving life here. Obviously, playing at the highest level and, and winning some trophies with the club. I know. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much he has uh, achieved and what he's done in in such a short time. Just when I was looking through everything that we've written about him, there's no shortage of stuff and and, and standout moments uh, from him as well. I think. We were all excited when we, we signed him as well. We knew he was a, a good defender. Actually, my, my claim to fame is I, I signed him in FIFA last year before there were any rumours <laughs> of uh, him coming to Celtic. So, got some scouting potential there as well. But, um, yeah, no, I, I picked him from my Shibuto team as well. <laughs> <laughs> but just the, the, the moments and the memories that he's, he's given us this season have, have been fantastic. He's... He's a real integral part of that Celtic defence, and it's been a joy just kind of thinking back to, to some of those things that he's given us, whether it be the, the last minute winner against uh, Lazio at Celtic Park, um, or just the, the, the cup final as well. He's, he's, he's been brilliant for the team, and it's, it's, it's been good fun just looking over everything that he's achieved in such a short space of time. Absolutely. So we'll be marking his 27th birthday this Sunday on Celtic website and, of course, across all Celtic's official social media platforms. Guys, we are just about out of time for this special podcast. It's been good to talk to you. Yeah, been great speaking to you. Yeah, thanks Um, for having me. And uh, no doubt we shall convene again in the coming days for more Celtic chats. Um, so for everybody who's listening, uh, the main thing is, uh, is to stay safe. Hope everybody that, that, that you know stays well. Look after each other. And of course, in the, in the words of the famous song that was played out here at Paradise today, you'll never walk alone. We uh, spoke earlier on about the fact we we're going to be choosing some of our Hamden highlights uh, to discuss and debate in the coming weeks. Tony already mentioned one particular Hamden highlight for this season. So we're going to leave you with that as a goal from the man who's going to be celebrating his 27th birthday on Sunday, Christopher Julian. It was the goal, of course, that won the League Cup for Celtic this season. So enjoy. Thanks for joining us. And hail, hail. Christy fires it into the box. It's in the box of the net! And Christopher Julian has scored! He scored for Celtic! He blasted it to the back of the net! And Celtic have the lead in the Betfred Cup final! And that's what champions do, not at their best, but they produce to the moment. This time, Christopher Julian in the back post, finding the target where Rangers not have been able to do it. All game, on the table, first attempt at goal, and then there!